0: Yes, 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 yes. Peace everyone. This is David Shanks, aka Trom Diggs. You are listening to a guest in the house podcast featuring myself and
1: my trusty partner. Mickey Hess. I like that opening up with that yes, yes, yes. (laughs) <laughs> it sounds like the beginning of that amazing 2010 EP from Tame One and Junk Waffle. Uh, it took me right back, you <laughs> know. <yeah. laughs> well, you Our know past what, episodes, man. I can't get that one out of my head.
0: You know, that's what I was trying to summon. Of course,
1: of course, of course. Of
0: course. That's exactly what I had in mind. Yeah, <laughs> I,
1: I think you brought me back to it.
0: Oh man, so so uh, speaking of past podcast um you know we're at the end of a year here
1: 26 episodes in the can I think we cranked out one every two weeks
0: one every two weeks since January um started this podcast in a um, little studio spot rented by our um trusty producer anthony in um south jersey and had no idea that um 52 weeks later we would have seen the year that we've seen
1: see i didn't think we could talk that long i thought we would probably solve racism within ah, the first couple of episodes i, guy, you know? I, I just I thought you know once we got together that would do it <laughs> and,
0: and just wrap it up hey nothing yeah. more to talk about we got it
1: <laughs> and, and then look at the year we got thrown and look
0: at the year we
1: got thrown <laughs>
0: Um, I guess, you know, um, producer um, Anthony reminds us that this will probably not air in classic fashion. You've heard us talk wow. about this multiple times, <laughs> that we're talking, but you won't be hearing this when we're speaking of it. So, yes, it's already 2021. What a year we just had. <laughs> what a year last year
1: was.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. But, um, yeah, we. Uh, you know, I didn't want to go too too heavy into the year in review type stuff because we kind of all experienced it and we know what 2020 was for us as a collective human family and then i'm sure on the individual level between myself yourself and anthony and um some of our listeners what types of you know trials and ups and downs um we've all gone through so i don't really want to rehash any of that Mm. but as it marks you know us embarking on this journey together for a whole year now i kind of wanted to talk about just some of the um your experience you know hosting this podcast
1: oh sure yeah. Anything in particular? No, just all of it. Any of it, any of it,
0: all of it. Some highlights maybe that you think we've had, um, just, you know, some, 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 some topics we spoke about and just have like a little dialogue about that. Cause I didn't, you know, we the top 10 list. And there really wasn't much happening this year by the way. I mean, a lot of, Good music came out, but I think we've all kind of been so distracted that I don't know that it's like a top 10 of anything <laughs> that, you know, really needs to be talked about or addressed.
1: Yeah, I would have to go with like the top 10 things I, I really still need to sit down and listen to because yeah. I'm falling a little bit behind, especially the last couple of I, months. I,
0: I couldn't see how you how you wouldn't, you know? It's coming at you so fast. We talked about that, uh, I think, on the last podcast. We were talking about, um, or maybe one of the podcasts before, we were speaking about my new release and just, you know, the the dynamic way that um, music can be released in two thousand twenty. And let me tell you, folks have been taking advantage of it. Um, <laughs> there, there, are multiple artists who've released over five projects this
1: year. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 All those Griselda guys. Well, yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. For sure. For sure. I there's, think
1: Recognize a, Ali had at, at least two, maybe three.
0: There's a guy, uh, Flea Lord. Oh, yeah. And if, if, if I'm correct, Flea Lord has re- released 20 albums this year.
1: No, this, this latest one is like the Prodigy tribute, right? That yeah, just yeah, came
0: out. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, That's a wonderful album cover, too. I love that album. Oh,
1: yeah. I've only yeah. seen the cover. I haven't got a chance to listen to that one.
0: Yet. Yeah, yeah. It's so, all uh, produced all by Havoc. I did yeah. I did give it a listen. Yeah, I did give it a listen.
1: I saw KRS has a new one out,
0: too. I did. Now, that I haven't got to yet.
1: same here between yeah. the protests, yeah. but I haven't got a yeah. chance to listen yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. I heard one, the one. I heard the one, I guess... I don't know if there's such a thing called a single these days, but the first video he released, <laughs> um, he, yeah, he's still sharp, still cares one for sure. That's cool. So I look forward to taking that in, but yeah, like you said, the way it's just produced, I mean, you know, between that, the podcast, the just, it's,
1: it's too much. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you're sitting at home all the time and, you know, you work on your computer, you interact with family and friends on the computer. Yeah. That's the only place you can find music. Sometimes you just need a few minutes off of the
0: computer. Yeah, how about that? Uh, yeah, just just for the sake of my eyes, I have to step away, you know, for a few hours yeah. every day. And it, it sucks because, like you said, um, after I me, mean, you know, I have like the full-time corporate gig and which has like nothing to do with any of the enthusiasms I have in life or anything that I really <laughs> want to do. So after I bust out eight hours of that, it's like now I'm supposed to get into the stuff that I really care about. And it's like, I have no eye health left. Like I'm, I'm finished after that. So it, it, it's, it's, it's tough, but um, yeah, 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 yeah. Rare, man.
1: Yeah. You know what? I remember most of the time, but I forget sometimes that I'm really fortunate to have a job that <laughs> is actually related to things I'm passionate about.
0: Yeah, how about that? It is a luxury. It really is,
1: <laughs> And yeah, I mean to just be able to you know talk about writing and talk mm-hmm. about hip hop and music and the way people relate to each other and uh, you know, see see people go forward with it and hopefully the grads can go on and uh, find some path where they can incorporate their passions into their work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's a beautiful, um, that's a beautiful point because it takes me back to just, I guess I'll start with kind of like my experience doing this podcast um, for the past year. And I've, and I've, and I've I've mentioned this to you and Anthony um, maybe off air, but definitely um, before. The, you know, being a hip hop artist and, you know, having that kind of struggle and, you know, labor of love over the last 20 some odd years and coming to a space, you know, maybe in 2018 or so, I think that's when Jazz Hop 2 dropped. Um, just kind of coming to a space where I needed to pause making new music and just that whole, the whole, I don't know what you want to call it. Just, you know, that part of being a hip hop artist, that's the like rapper side of it, like trying to promote and put out stuff and get it to people. And, you know, that whole race, I was kind of over the whole thing. So I took a pause and I just kind of became what I call like work David, which is like the guy who just works at this job. I hope this doesn't get me fired because I need my job. <laughs> so please, if you work at my job and you're listening to this podcast, I love my job. So, um, but doing that and, you know, I, I thought it was like, ah, oh, I'm just going to you know, do this. I'm going to pay these bills. I'm going to get out of all of this rapper debt from years of, you know, financing my own tours and doing this and doing that, you know, and maybe, um, towards the end of 2018, I realized like part of me well, not even towards the end of twenty eighteen. Maybe because I, I think I kept that up for like a year. So maybe I'm, we're talking more like twenty nineteen. I started realizing like how how much I was missing in my life from not being creative. And then um, we did the uh, we did the book fair that we always talk about, the book festival, and we had that conversation. And that conversation led to the idea of us doing this podcast and i was like cool it'd be cool to do the podcast and excuse me hang out and you know kick it with professor hess and and and, you know and talk hip-hop and you know talk about yeah i think we just wanted to talk hip-hop and just kind of you know shoot the shit um i don't know that we knew the you know types of conversations we would be getting into on this podcast when we started and but i'm Mm -hmm. i'm thankful that we have but it this has become in many ways like you know my hip-hop like it's my creative outlet and i think because of it i've gotten those juices flowing again where i've started to record a little bit and get back into like being you know i guess traum digs instead of work david and Mm -hmm. so for 2021 you know there's definitely like a reckoning on work david that needs to be had um i'm definitely moving towards you know merging TROM digs and work david into one person (laughs) 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 and this podcast i would say is a big big catalyst in me uh you know, realizing that I need to make that transition and also in making that transition.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty great compliment for the podcast and just the process of making it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So thank you, Anthony.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Anthony. I mean, (laughs) I, I know you guys hear us say Anthony's name here and there on the episodes, but this is Anthony Sergi, our producer. Um, the podcast was as much his idea, if anyone's, if not even a little more his. I think he approached me and Dave when we were at the Collingswood Book Festival doing a talk last October. Yeah. And then you are a year into the podcast and still going strong all thanks to him.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's definitely the anchor. Um, I think it was it was a cool concept that would have never been executed if it was left to just me and you mickey that's for sure <laughs> Oh, <I'd, laughs>
1: i would end up erasing everything we recorded somehow i'd forget to hit record i would forget to upload we would end up with no material
0: somehow yeah, yeah not that
1: yeah. tech savvy at all <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah 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 so you know that's 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 yeah, that's yeah, real, man. That's real. That's, that's real. That's a real thing, man. And I, I, like I said, I I didn't I think we just wanted to kind of have, you know, it's an interesting conversation about, you know, just our diverse backgrounds and, you know, having hip hop be the backdrop of that. And, you uh, know, we also had no idea that, you know, 2020 would be the year, you know, that it was and that we would pot our way through it. And, and, you know, be uh, not forced because nothing forces us, but just have these topics be front and center and our conversations, you know, being driven in, in that direction. I mean, we probably were dancing in that direction anyway, but, you know, I think the events of this year have really, um, you know, put our conversations in full, like, you know, I don't know.
1: (laughs) It definitely gives it a new context, right? Yeah. yeah. One of the main reasons I started to do the podcast is I thought, well, this would be a great way to hang out with my friend Dave and talk about stuff I like to talk about Mm -hmm. and that he likes to talk about. Mm -hmm. And uh, pretty quickly into the year, we were probably what eight, twelve episodes in when we had to shift to all remote recordings. So I, I mean don't,
0: I don't even know yeah. if we got to twelve. It may, not be. <laughs> yeah, it it might, may not maybe be. more more like six or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So early on it was an excuse to actually get together in person because David moved a little further away. We didn't see each other quite as frequently. So uh, you know, it was a day we would record and then hang out for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then after we shifted to remote, I, I think in a way so much stuff was going on that it shifted us a little further away from the music side of the podcast and a little more toward the issues. Although it was, it was always both. I mean, kind of the, the premise of the podcast from the start was to use hip hop as a backdrop to explore all these issues about how we relate to each other.
0: Correct. Correct.
1: But I have heard from some people. It goes both ways. I think I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone the other day and he said, you know, when you guys were talking about those old albums you liked, I just had to kind of skip through it. <laughs> I don't know anything about those. Um, I don't know Beanie Siegel or Tame One. So I didn't really get much into those. But I love the one you did about Diversity Hire. I love <laughs> the one you did about, uh, what was it, going back to Making Education Great Again that we did in October. yeah. And then I've heard the opposite from people, you know, I really love that music stuff you guys do, you know, maybe you get back a little more pure music podcast.
0: It's interesting. And, you know, we talk a lot about entry points on the, on the podcast. And so it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. The entry points for, of our listeners and, you know, the ones who came for the music and got something else, maybe that they wanted, maybe that they didn't want. And then the ones who found out that, Oh, this is, about more than music and kind of tapped in to the the other stuff and maybe not so much the music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah you know, Dave and I were just guests on a podcast called Betterism. Yes. That, that Glenn Binger runs, and he's one of my former students from Ryder University from, I guess, about 10 years ago.
0: At this wow, point. wow.
1: Yeah. Which, and, is a, uh, which is
0: a testament to you know, your 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 teaching chops that all of these um former students we've had two on our podcast, right? Three, uh, three, wow!
1: Yeah, hey. Gina, James Jefferson, yes, Steve, that.
0: Steve twice, yep.
1: <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm thinking Glenn. We were on his podcast. <laughs> exactly. so I'm calling him the third one.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah, but Glenn's out there teaching his own classes now, and. uh it was cool. He invited us onto his podcast. We kind of talked through some of the ideas about why we do ours, what we're hoping to get out of it, what we're hoping people get out of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, we got into this discussion about names, which is something we've joked around a little bit about on the podcast. Like uh, Dave has all these cool AKA. <laughs> yeah. But I noticed with my name, we always put Dr. Mickey Hess. And uh, you, you may have caught... The little kerfuffle in the news over the past couple of weeks, people are saying that Joe Biden's wife, Dr. Joe Biden, shouldn't I, use doctor. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. The rationale being that she has a PhD in education. Right. So she's not really a doctor.
0: She's not really a doctor. Just just someone with a doctorate degree.
1: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> she has the title. Right. Um, but she's not really a doctor. Right. So I mean there's a lot of sexism and misogyny involved in that, obviously, because it was it was all guys, but I saw it talking it, about it, it. it and, uh, she's not a doctor. It usually is. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Imagine that, right? <laughs> and I mean, it's not like I don't think Joe Biden or I, you know, if if a kid is choking and somebody screams, is there a doctor in the house? I, I, up and <laughs> and say, yes. <laughs> Dr. Mickey Hess. Yeah, you're gonna teach your kid about. Literature and race.
0: <laughs> get out the way. I think I can handle this one. <laughs> I got
1: this. One. Yeah, I mean, what a silly thing to get into. I I have noticed that we put doctor on my name a lot on the podcast. I'm not sure. Did I probably started that? But uh, we stuck with it. So, I don't. Yeah, I'm people not out sure, there. Man. I'm not a medical doctor. I, I may I I, I I may have started that. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. We've stuck with it, though. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look. I can't tell you anything about your uh, colonoscopy results. Um, I don't have any good advice for lowering your cholesterol. I'm not that kind of doctor. Mm-hmm. So, just because there's been some confusion out there in the world.
0: Absolutely. But he does know about critical race theory. He
1: can sure. tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is celebrated <laughs> by the same folks who yeah. uh, love to see women put "doctor" on their title, right? You see, yeah. the same folks are complaining about both yeah. women doctors and critical race theory. Yeah,
0: yeah. What they, is
1: the world coming to?
0: They've got a lot of time on their hands, man. They, they, mm. they, they, they fight everything.
1: <laughs> Isn't that the truth, man? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So, um, you know, another thing, uh, one I was thinking just now uh you know hoping that 2021 is going to give us a little easier of a ride you know will we have anything to pot about
1: you know yeah i mean it got heavy
0: yeah yeah.
1: but it's always been pretty heavy Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i mean I don't know. There's, there's the idea that people subscribe subscribed to for a while that race relations were really at an upward trend. Right. You know, that, that things may look a little rough today, but I mean, my God, look at the 60s, right? We're so much better than then. And then if right. you look a little further back, it gets worse and worse and worse. But that's not really a very accurate picture of history, is it?
0: No. <laughs> no. no. And I think I think we found that out yeah uh this year for sure for sure um besides that we we definitely suffered uh a lot of loss and um prayers and thoughts are with all the families who have lost someone either to this pandemic or just to anything else over the last year and you know that's something that uh you know we 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 will never get used to, and you know although it it's happening at such a rate that you know one could become numb or accustomed but yeah you know, we can't we can't ever do that,
1: yeah, and I worry that a lot of people have man there's
0: yeah over yeah.
1: three hundred thousand covid deaths, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you just don't see that many tributes. You know, I mean, think of all the coverage you saw post 9-11 when we lost about 3,000 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just don't think we've seen that level of public grief in the whole course of this pandemic so far.
0: I, I would agree. And I'm not sure if it's because it's so many that it's touched so many individual yeah. people that you know we're we're probably all kind of just reeling in our own mess and so you know whereas the the nation looked to like new york and uh, you know dc and said we we're with you we stand with you this happening to you this is happening to everyone (laughs) and so no i don't think there's been any type of collective um you know mourning for 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 all of this all of this loss i mean and i I, you know, from the quote unquote celebrity front, I can't remember a year where so many like prominent people have transitioned. Yeah. And, you know, that's, 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 I think for, for many people, not that, you know, I mean, listen, we are a culture that is kind of obsessed with celebrity. And so there is the um there is the trend to kind of make a bigger deal out of celebrities who pass than the average person obviously no life is more important than another but i think that seeing you know some of the folks that we've lost you know it's it's definitely gave a different or new perspective on, you know, the value of life and how, you know, just how easily it can be snatched.
1: Absolutely. And I hope that, I hope that people aren't in denial about that for Mm -hmm. the sake of wanting to go on about their business. Right. You know, if you stop to grieve too much, you got to process the pandemic's threat as a little more real, as a little more close to home. Mm. And then it's it's a little harder to go around without a mask on or, or still go out and, and do your usual social activities, go to restaurants and all of that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if it goes hand in hand, not seeing quite as many of these tributes mm. or, you know, people taking the time to really stop and process loss. I mean, if you do that, then you got to admit how real and scary the thing is.
0: Mm. So is there like a a, a, a critical mass who are, um, you know, in denial?
1: Yeah, I think in some ways, there's definitely some denial going on. Mm.
0: It's not, and, it's not real if we don't acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. out of the out of the celebrities, one that that made me think a little bit recently was Charlie Pride.
0: Wow, the great, you know,
1: the, great the great Charlie, Charlie Pride. Pride. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about his music in a long time, but yeah. you know. I've mentioned run DMC really being like the first artist that I really latched onto myself when I was a kid. Right. Um, but before that, you know, I I grew up where people listened to country music primarily like all day. Right. And you know, really Charlie pride would have been one of the very few, if not the only black men who I heard regularly on the radio. Um, (laughs) My dad owned his 8 tracks, his wow. cassettes and wow. his LPs. Wow. Um he was probably one of the very few black faces I would have seen in the world of music that surrounded me in mm. Kentucky as a young kid. Mm. Mm.
0: Mm. Mm. Man, yeah, rest in peace Charlie Pride, man. A a a a, a legend of country music. One of the pioneers. Um man, we lost we lost another pioneer speaking of Run DMC mm. um to close out 2020. Uh John Ecstasy Fletcher of the uh great rap group Houdini.
1: Yeah, who and, toured with Run DMC and kind of came up right alongside him almost, although a lot of people probably saw. Houdini first, or her Houdini.
0: I, uh, I would, I would, I would argue that a lot of people, um, if you know, from that time would have would have seen Houdini first. Houdini yeah. may have broke before Run DMC. I think that. Um,
1: yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and thinking about just you know even what you said about Charlie Pride and I was thinking about um, ecstasy. Um, you know, in the in in the wake of his passing. And part of, you know, my, my 2021 commitments are to use, you know, my platforms, you know, this being one of them. And we do it in our own way, but I want to be more conscious about, um, educating, um, highlighting, showcasing, you know giving flowers to our legends while they're still here you know um uh, because i you know i don't know how many times Houdini's been mentioned on our podcast maybe once in passing we've never really done any type of deep dive or real conversation about Houdini but for That's me true. you know for me as a child as much As Run DMC kind of was my initial, for me, you know, I'm a little younger than, say, that generation when when hip hop came in. So, you know, if uh, Houdini's first album um, was released in 1982, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't listening to hip hop. You know what I mean? Yet, oddly, by 1984. 1983 I was. So same 80, year. Yeah, 82. That's my yeah, I, I think 5 years old for some reason is like when the memories begin. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure I may have heard hip hop in 1982, but in 1983 is the year that I'm conscious that I'm listening to mm-hmm. hip hop. Um Houdini and Run-DMC were like right there. It was Houdini, it was Run DMC, it was the Fat Boys, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, those were like, and LL, those were like, the groups that, and LL was young, so it was really Houdini, Run DMC, the Fat Boys, for me, that kind of became hip-hop. Then LL, then Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick, and so on and so on, by the time you get into 86 then you've got like the whole thing you got Karis one you got rock him you got public enemy like it's all coming by then but you know i don't think i don't shoot i don't know that we do a good enough job collectively as a hip hop community and just as a society in general giving run-dmc their flowers and you know just know. yeah so houdini Forget about it, but if my mind, if my memory serves me, and you know, this is something we can fact check, if not the first, they were definitely among the first rap groups to have a platinum album.
1: Yeah, they were right in there early. Yeah. I think, um if I'm right, Randy MC had the first gold.
0: Okay, I could see that. Curtis Blow was first as an as a act, period, I believe, but yeah. group... Run DMC was probably the first gold. I want to say Houdini, if not the first platinum, the second platinum. Because, okay. you know, the Escape escape drops in 1984. That song, that album goes platinum. So you got Escape, you got Big Mouth, yeah. Freaks Come Out at Night.
1: Friends. Um, friends,
0: course. Five Minutes of Funk, which is mm-hmm. actually the theme song to Video Music Box, which, you know, if anyone from the Tri-State ever is a huge 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 landmark in hip-hop history um you know before yo mtv raps it was vj ralph mcdaniels um and you know uh, houdini had the theme song mm-hmm. so so pivotal 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 hip-hop act pivotal 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 character just the style the dress he wore the Zorro hat you, just, you usually see him with the Zorro hat, with a leather jacket, no shirt on, and, like, white shorts or something. Just, you know yeah. what I mean? Just, and then his our partner, the rapper Jalil, he would have, like, the rabbit's ear or something hanging from the ear. It was just, yeah, it's yeah, it just just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're from Brooklyn, so that may, you know that makes it more special.
1: That's that hometown hero of Yeah, man.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, you know, I feel... You know, I feel some sort of way, even you know, coming here and just you know praising him when it's like after the fact. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so I'm like, before this happens again, because this seems to yep. be—he's 56 years old. So I mean, you know, that's
1: young. Absolutely, and that—that that wasn't COVID related, right? Or I don't,
0: we don't. I haven't, I haven't as that. of as of this taping. <laughs> yeah. um, it yeah. hasn't been confirmed. No. Mm. Has it been confirmed? But I mean, he wasn't, I didn't hear anything about him being sick or anything. He was, no. yeah, he was oh, yeah. posting on Instagram recently and he looked to be in great shape actually. Um, so I'm not sure, uh, what happened, but yeah, I I, I think this is the one that gives me the message that, uh, we need to do a better job of, you know, telling these stories you know, um, speaking the names of our legends, uh, like I said, more more consciously, more deliberately. We always talk about, you know, our legends and the guys that we looked up to growing up. But um, it, it's a lot of names, and and you know. Like I said, I've t- I'm taking the challenge of doing a better job of um speaking about these guys because it's not you know there's there's clearly what we do know is that there are no guarantees except that in, in, this road is going to end for us at all at some point <laughs> that that's for sure we just don't know when so yeah man rest in peace to ecstasy man um for any of you guys out there who are not familiar with Houdini, please do your Googles, check them out on YouTube or on any of your, you know, music listening to platforms and um, get familiar. The one thing that will stick out about Houdini is the production of a man we have mentioned on this uh, podcast before the great Larry Smith, one That's of the right. great, one of the great hip hop producers of all time. The, the, the instrumentation, the, the the synthesizers, the, the 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 drum patterns, very much relevant to today's music.
1: Mm-hmm. And he worked with
0: Run DMC as and well. And he worked with Run DMC as well. But the sound he crafted for Rudiney was more of like an R and B fusion hip hop. It was definitely you know um he was you know. The, the run dmc stuff was was, was 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 i guess boom bap is what we would it call it down. yeah yeah yeah, it folks, yeah, so. yeah yeah but he you know the, he was doing chord progressions and stuff and and the houdini stuff that was uh yeah real real cool real cool real cool stuff man
1: yeah it looks like run dmc had the first gold and the first platinum but houdini was right on their tail their uh 84 album escape
0: exactly exactly that's the one
1: that hit platinum then they had two gold records that came out after that back in black and open sesame right 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 so early i mean the first
0: tours uh the fresh fest Mm -hmm. and um you know Fresh, fresh tour was um I think eighty five and eighty six, yeah. Um, fat boys, yeah. Fat boys. Who you mentioned Run, before Run DMC, uh, Houdini had was LL Cool J. I believe so. If not oh, the first right. one, probably the second one. Yeah. I mean, these guys played. So if you know, if you're thinking about, uh, you know, right now we're not we're not, you know, able to enjoy live music, but. If you're talking about 1986, you know, uh, these guys are playing like the Philly Spectrum to 18,000 people, you know, in 1986 arenas, not, you know, basketball arenas. They probably were getting more um, fans than NBA games at that point.
1: (laughs) At that point, it was like every rapper you had ever heard of on one bill. Like, I mean, Too Short was doing it out in Oakland, but I Mm -hmm. don't think a lot of people on the East Coast had heard about what he was doing yet, yeah. had heard the tapes.
0: No, he wasn't playing arenas.
1: No. <laughs> um, I think he was selling his tapes at the arenas in the yeah. parking lot when like, Run DMC was playing.
0: I'm sure he was. <laughs> I'm sure he was.
1: So this was like every rapper you'd heard of. Yeah. All on one bill, at all the together time. in one place.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing.
1: Amazing. Yeah.
0: Also, um, you heard me well, not you because you know me, but um <laughs> listeners have heard me talk about UTFO and Kango. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Kango Kid and how Kango Kid used to hang out on my block sometimes and um
1: toss the football. Th- t- toss
0: the football to me when I was a young lad. And UTFO started as dancers for Houdini, Kango Kid and Dr. Ice. Yes. Yeah. You could see them in the "Freaks Come Out at Night" video doing like a pop lock routine. Uh, a young Jermaine Dupree, who would go on to um, be a super producer, uh, working with the likes of you know Usher and Mariah Carey, and he had So So Deaf Records, kind of like a um, Atlanta Puff, crisscross contemporary, exactly, exactly, Escape. Mm-hmm. Um, he, as a fourteen-year-old started as a dancer for Houdini as well.
1: Yeah. When they did the, um, hip hop honors, the VH1 yeah. hip hop honors, he was yeah. there to honor Houdini. As, as he should. Broke out some of his old moves. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Probably five, six years ago, maybe a little longer.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes, an absolute pillar in our mm-hmm. culture. Um, and yeah, you know, hall of famers, man, mm-hmm. hall of famers for sure.
1: You mentioned Curtis Blow, you know, he had a heart transplant earlier this month. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, so prayers up for Curtis Blow, prayers up for Scarface. Um, Houston legend still recovering from his bout with COVID and needs a kidney transplant. Waiting on a kidney. Yes. So yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Also, Um, apparently... From reports he suffered a stroke while he was in a diabetic coma or diabetic episode. Yes, um, he is on the mend, it sounds like, but obviously, that's some heavy yes. stuff.
0: Yes, absolutely. Our thoughts with, with all of the legends with um Curtis Blow, uh, but yeah, with, with, with Scarface and with uh Bismarcky for sure. For
1: and just sure. to think about the ages of these guys, I think Curtis Blow is. 59 I believe Scarface is younger than that. Biz yeah, is for sure.
0: Than that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean we've definitely seen the stats that that COVID has affected black men in particular. Mm-hmm. Black Americans overall at a much worse rate than white Americans. Yeah. Um and part of that is the old, well, pre- yeah. you
0: know, the I'm trying old- to think
1: of how to phrase it. It's, it's systemic racism, right? I mean, yeah. what else is there to call it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we, you know, on the surface, it can be called pre existing conditions, access to health care.
1: What conditions created those sort of yeah. conditions? And yeah.
0: The conditions behind the conditions, right? <laughs> but so, yeah. I, I would say, you know, uh, brothers, please make your health a priority you know what we what we've learned here is that this thing finds you know weaknesses in the system and assaults them <laughs> and so if we can give it nothing to attack uh, it yeah. seems like it it can be, you know, recovered from. But, you know, if there's an asthma, if there's if there's diabetes. some type of diabetes, yeah, a type of hypertension, anything that can be attacked, it seems to find that and, a, and attack it. And Scarface,
1: um, I know, had had a heart attack really young, right? <laughs> he did. Back when he was uh, CEO of Def Jam South, I
0: believe. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I remember him. he
1: did have a heart attack early. Yeah, back, you know, in his, I think, early 40s, right?
0: Had to to have been at this point, late 30s, maybe. Yeah, Yeah. had to have been because he's, I mean, I don't know if Scarface is 50 yet.
1: Yeah, I think he's early 50s. Yes.
0: Yes. so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no reason why, you know, we should be losing or, you know, dealing with, you know, these types of things as 50 year old men. I mean, you know, if, if it can be prevented, you know, some things can't be prevented, but if it can be prevented, um, we gotta, yeah, we gotta, we gotta do better with our diet. We gotta do, you know, now that we know, I think a lot of, a lot of information was not given to us. And like you said, um, in terms of you know tying it to systemic racism you know the 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 diet the diet is tied to that as well the food deserts you know what is available for consumption in some of our neighborhoods you know what is not yeah yeah exactly what options are just have never have not been available to us generationally but I think you know we're in an age of information now and so you know what what has been done can't be undone in many ways, but what can be done moving forward can be like we, we, you know, we know now, so, you know, it's really becomes a, um, like I said, a conscious effort from us as individual, I'm talking, you know, specifically, like you said, to black men and black people in general,
1: And when we say systemic racism in this case, it's sort of an umbrella term for segregation, poverty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, Access. Yeah, access, Mm -hmm. unequal educational opportunities, Mm -hmm. underfunded schools, Mm -hmm. underfunded hospitals. Mm -hmm. And there's also the term medical racism.
0: Medical racism.
1: It came up just this week, a black doctor, Susan Moore. Died uh, of yes. yes. Yes,
0: yes. Um, and and then she then,
1: was um, certain that she did not get the level of care she would have gotten as a white doctor or yes, a white and, woman.
0: And released a now viral video from her hospital bed, kind mm-hmm. of describing her treatment or mistreatment at the hands of um, this doctor, her being a medical doctor herself, not a um, doctor of education. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So she can keep that doctor on her. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and this is something Serena Williams has definitely spoken about, you know. She has. In the course of her pregnancy and delivery, she just claimed that people would not listen to her the way they would have if she were white.
0: There's a historic kind of sentiment or belief that black women can endure more pain than other women.
1: And do you know where that originates?
0: I do. Well, some of the experiments that were done on um, black women, yeah. <laughs> by That's our, how you justify our, it, right? Our, uh, was that not our father of gynecology? Absolutely. Not, yeah, I can't remember the name
1: right now. Do your Google support. <laughs> Yes. But that's where a lot of that attitude originates. The yes. idea that, well, these are people that we can experiment on because they just don't feel pain the way you and I might feel it. Yeah, You know, a white doctor talking to a white citizen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, no, no medical legitimacy to that claim, obviously.
0: No, um, no, no, no. And we're not going to, we're not going to, um, you know, dive deep into that. But, you know, even when we talk about the uh, vaccine and, you know, kind of the the push to convince um, African-Americans that it's safe to um, take and why um, African-Americans would be hesitant to take something that the government or you know, Big farm says is good for us. And that dates back to, you know, kind of everything that we're speaking of, um, especially the experiments and some of the exploitation um, in the medical arena that was, um, you know, done to uh, citizens of this country and, you know, in, 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 in past decades where that yeah. skepticism comes from, skepticism of the law, skepticism of uh, medicine, skepticism, you know,
1: of the, the system, the, I mean, if we are talking about systemic racism, we've got to look at the systems we're talking about. Correct. Right? Correct. Correct. So if correct. you want to read more about that stuff, folks out there, I, I would recommend, again, a book I've recommended before, David Pilgrim's Watermelons, Nooses, and Straight Razors, Stories from mm. the Jim Crow Museum. Mm -hmm. He talks a lot about um, sort of the junk science, for lack of a better term, surrounding black folks versus white folks and how that was positioned in the culture throughout the 19th and 20th centuries. We can definitely feel all those repercussions today. Yep, yep. Another
0: book that um is on my reading list that I haven't got to yet, but I will is uh Medical Apartheid mm, by yep. Harriet A. Washington. Um The Dark History of Medical Experimentation on Black Americans from Colonial Times to the Present.
1: That's on my list too. I actually haven't yeah, read that one yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as a side note and a lighter note use that term big pharma that people use for the pharmaceutical industry. I always think big pharma sounds like a guy that might've rapped with Bubba Sparks. I had the big pharma, Bubba Sparks featuring big pharma. Yeah. (laughs) Out there with the overalls on in the video. Yeah.
0: That's the super group with, um, him and and your other guy. Hardy white. No. Um, (laughs) what's, what's, what's the guy from Alabama who was on shady?
1: Oh, yellow wolf. Yellow wolf. (laughs) You get the whole Alabama triumvirate. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Get those guys. Throw big pharma. Yeah. Dixie rap. There you go.
0: (laughs) Oh man. Awesome. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I was going to bring back our share segment.
1: Oh yeah. Let's do it. Special one. Okay, I gotta dig something up here, but yeah, let's do it. Oh,
0: you don't have to. You don't. Oh, have you got to.
1: one. Go for I it. Got, yeah, I, I, I got to. one.
0: I got. Go one. for it. Let's hear I it. I got one because you know, like I said, in the wake of uh ecstasy's passing, and just thinking about like, man, these guys were monumental, mm-hmm. and I started like singing like one love to myself. And I was like, this was like my favorite song in that time. One of my favorite songs in that time. And so we're probably not going to get a lot of this played. But I wanted to give a little bit. Love and Life both have four letters but they're two different things all together. See that I've liked many ladies in my day but just like the wind they've all blown away. See to love someone is an atmosphere that they both still share when one's not there. There's no real way it could be explained I guess it's the way I smile when I hear your name. It's the little things you do that mean so much. It's the care that you put into every touch. It's the way I touch you and you trust me I guess some of us are so lucky. I was known for having the upper hand. I was known as a stone cold ladies man if it wasn't for you I'd be that way still but lately there's a change in Jalil though my friends play games and tease me a lot I know I'm more than happy with what I got when I get up in the morning and go to work you see all day long I stay alert until we come home at night and close the door two people share one common cause when you say one love you could trust me cause never have I been so lucky Mm -hmm. one love one love You're lucky just to have just one love, one love, one love. You're lucky just to have just one. I could probably keep going and sing the whole song, but I'm not. But that was for Ecstasy, for the rapper Jalo, for Grandmaster D, Houdini, Brooklyn's Own, Brooklyn's Finest.
1: Ooh. Yeah, what a tribute, man. Thank you for doing that.
0: Oh, the least I could do. And with that, man, I mean... We're in another year, another year, the, another year of the pod. Um, it's been an awesome ride so far. Look for doing some more um, dynamic things this year, opening up, kind of uh, seeing, you know, where we can push this thing and push these conversations Hopefully, this year will also mark us getting back in the studio together. Hey,
1: eventually, that you gotta, is. You gotta that hit the- herd immunity somehow first. Yeah, right? yeah. Let's hit herd immunity. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> All right, well, signing off then. I'm Mickey Hess.
0: I am Trom Diggs, a.k.a. David Shanks. Um, On behalf of myself, my co-host, and our producer, we want to thank you guys for an amazing first year, and um, let's keep it going since we're already in the new year.
1: Let's do it. (laughs) Happy New Year.